I'm going to invite you to take your seats one more time. What an awesome celebration. Summertime is finally here. Um, and we're so, we're, we're excited. At Andrews, we, in Andrews, we graduated on Friday night. And we are done. Um, I told a few people I get to go to work tomorrow without no students. Um, and it will be, um, we're excited to prepare and plan for the next year. And it's always about planning for what is next. Um, and we celebrate our graduates today. Are you ready for the word this morning? All right, let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word that is alive, for your word that is powerful, for your word, God, that can move and that can change our lives today. God, let your word find us wherever we are at, that the circumstances and the situations that we face today, God, right now would just not stand in the way. Lord, we declare your word as greater than anything that is going on in our lives. And we declare, God, that you will do a great work in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stay focused with the confetti, all right? All over. Desiree asked me last night, she goes, are you sure we did the confetti? I said, I'm, I'm positive. I've made a comment about the confetti and staying focused uh, on, on the word, but we can do it in Jesus' name. Uh, I'd like to talk to you this morning on the subject, suddenly, suddenly, that one word that, that makes a difference, that one word that changes things, that one word that has the impact to just be able to shift some things in, in our lives. There's some things that just happen all of a sudden in, in life. There's some things that we don't plan for. There's some things that we don't expect. It just happens. It's just life. There's some suddenly moments that you could experience uh, on a small scale. You, just something small, like school's out for summer, all of a sudden, just like that, and your kids are home all day, all day, just like that. Or suddenly, you gain 15 pounds. Still trying to figure that one out. Suddenly, you just shows up, the weight just shows up out of nowhere. Random suddenlies, things that, uh, then on a, on a larger scale, there's some things that we don't see coming. There's some things that just happen in life and shake us, and, and some things that just cause us to really stop and reflect and, and look at, and evaluate. And can I tell you that sometimes life is shaped by some tough, suddenly moments. Life sometimes is shaped by those suddenly moments, but I also want to tell you that we serve a God of the suddenlies, that we serve a God of the suddenlies, that he doesn't need a whole lot of time, that he can do a great work in your life just like that, that even though life may have dealt you something that you were not expecting, that even though life has come with to, to present some different challenges and obstacles that you never thought you would be facing at this point in life, that we serve a God that can do a great work in, in just that same amount of time. He is a God of the suddenlies. We see this in the Bible in Acts chapter 2. The Bible tells us that they were gathered in the upper room, and they were there in prayer and in one accord. And then the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 2 that suddenly, there's that word, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And just like that, the church was born and 3,000 were added to the body of Christ. Suddenly, 
in just a moment. There's good random moments. There's good sudden moments. But there's also difficult sudden moments. And as I establish this, it's important for us to look at it on both sides of the spectrum. There's sudden life moments that, that shake us, like an illness that we were not expecting uh, to deal with, a setback in life, a sudden family moment that all of a sudden has resulted in a broken relationship. And life is shaped, I'll say that one more time, life is shaped by these suddenly moments, the tough suddenly moments that you could look back at your life and some things that have reshaped your life, some things that have caused you to put some things in perspective and caused you to look at things different. I love what David said. He said, it was good for me to have been afflicted. I've never heard anybody say that. But it was good for me that I went through that trial. It was good for me to go through that problem. It was good for me to experience that. Because he says, because it allowed me to see your statues or to know your statues. Another translation said, if, if I had not gone through that, I wouldn't have seen the power of God work in my life. Because I, I want to tell you this morning that yes, life presents it, us with different obstacles, but I would challenge us this morning to not look at it as a stumbling block, but to look at it as a stepping stone. Amen. That, that we would be able through the problem and through the trial that we would be able to know God on a deeper level. That, that because I was sick and because Jesus stepped in when I was sick, I now know him as a healer because I didn't have any money in the bank. He stepped in and now I know him as a provider. I don't just hear your testimony, but I've seen him work in my life because you were lost and, and he found you. You're saved but because I was lost he found me now I know him he's my savior he's, he's my God and I want to tell you that those suddenly moments in life that just reshape us that all of a sudden we feel like life is going in a different direction than what we had planned on and as Christ followers I want to tell you that we do believe that God has a plan for our lives we believe that he works all things together for good for them that love him that are called according to his purpose. We love Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of good and they're thoughts not of evil and to give you an expected end. But can I tell you, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to live it. It's easy to read it. It's comforting to read it. We can shout about it when everything is going well. But can we find comfort in it when life is difficult? Can we find comfort in it when we're having to live it out and we're asking the question, why God? Why do I have to go through this? And we try and we try and we try again. And we just struggle to get back on the path where God wants us to be because life has just diverted us and life has just taken some unexpected turns and now all of a sudden we find ourselves in a difficult past. But I wanna encourage you this morning with God's word, Jeremiah, uh, the prophet uh, of old in Jeremiah one and five, he says, before I formed you in the, in the womb, God is speaking through the prophet, I knew you and before you were born, I set you apart. I loved the verbiage or the words that it uses because it doesn't say I didn't just recognize 
you. I didn't just see you. But no, he said, before you were formed, I knew you. Before you were born, can I tell you that God knows? God knows the struggle. God knows what you're facing. You may feel alone, but I promise you, he is right there with you. And this is important to, to, for us to recognize and to bring to the forefront of our minds because we often feel alone and we often feel abandoned. But can I tell you that God is in all of those moments. God is in the moments when we feel like he is not there. God is in those moments when we feel like everyone has abandoned us and everybody has forsaken us and it feels like we're just trying to get back on track but it doesn't seem to be going the way we had planned. It doesn't seem to, to pan out the way we had hoped that it would. And one of my favorite stories that deals with this difficult topic, this, this challenging topic for us to, to come ac across as children of God is, is found in Genesis chapter 37. It's the very familiar story of a boy named Joseph. Joseph at 17 years old, we find out that he was his father's favorite. And his story is full of suddenly moments. When you look at what starts in Genesis 36 and ends and culminates in Genesis chapter 50, we, we understand the story of this incredible young man who at 17 was favored. He was favored by his father. And something about him was just different. And we understand in Genesis chapter 36 that Joseph goes to check on his brothers while they're working. And he returns to his father, gives them a report, gives them a report of what they're doing. Nothing like a little sibling going back to tell mom and dad what's going on, huh? So that's what he was doing. Joseph, all of a sudden, we know he has a dream. He has a coat of many colors that his father has given him. And this is where we pick up in, in the suddenlies in Joseph's lives. And I believe that there are some things that we can learn and there's some things that we can apply to our lives that we see alive in, in the life of this man named Joseph. Genesis 37, 5 through 8 says that Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said, listen to the dream that I had, guys. We were all out in the field gathering bundles of wheat. All of a sudden, my bundle stood straight up, and your bundle circled around it and bowed down to mine. His brother said, so you're going to rule us? You're going to boss us around? And they hated him ever because of his dreams and the way that he talked. So we, we see Joseph with his boldness come to his brothers and be able to share what God has leaned in to him and told him. And Joseph's brothers come up with a plan. And they're, going, they're going to kill him, they're, but they really truly end up just selling him to slavery. Like if that's any better, but they, de they, they deceive their father. They, they kill an animal. They put blood on that animal's coat. They bring that coat to, over to, to uh, Joseph's father, Jacob. And it's a suddenly moment where he is, he is having this idea, this vision, this dream of what his life is going to look like. And then all of a sudden he finds himself being sold to slavery. You see the great disconnect that that's sometimes the way I had planned my family looking like this. And I had planned my marriage looking like this. I had planned my career going this way. I had planned for it to look like this. This is what I had envisioned for myself. But all of a sudden we find ourselves in, in a different situation where there is a huge disconnect between what we once saw 
and where we truly are. And this is where Joseph finds himself. He went from being favored to being a slave. And there's some things that Joseph experienced in life that we too experience. And the first that I'd like to talk to you about this morning is there are moments that shake us. There are moments that shake us. Where you sit in an area and you just question everything. Some of us have been there. Where we just question everything and we say, I had a dream for my life. And what I'm living out currently looks nothing like what I had dreamed about. Our story took an unexpected turn. It took an unexpected turn. And what do we do when life takes an unexpected turn? All of a sudden, and we say, it wasn't supposed to be like this. This is not what I worked for. This is not what I hoped for. This is not where I invested my strength and my energy. This is not what my life is supposed to look like. But then you look in the mirror and you realize and you say, this is what it is. I was supposed to be further along. I was supposed to be happier. I was supposed to be more fulfilled. I was supposed to be more accomplished. But this is what I'm dealing with. I, I went from this high pinnacle moment of being my dad's favorite in life, proverbially speaking, to all of a sudden being a slave and being ostracized and hated by my brothers. This is what life does to us from time to time. It may not do it physically, it may not do it on the outside, but it could do it on the inside. And, and all of a sudden we find ourselves disconnected from where we felt we should be. But can I tell you that when we have moments that shake us, we all reach for something to stabilize us. For some people, it's something like cheesecake. Ben and Jerry's, Chunky Monkey, whatever it is, but for some people, I make light of it on that end, but for some people it can get to another extreme where it becomes, we're looking for something to just stabilize us and something to fulfill us and something to fill the void that is going on on the inside. But can I tell you, don't reach for that stuff. It is just temporary. You're trying to numb the pain, but the pain is not gone. You wake up in the morning and it is still there. That when you go, let me tell you, when you go through a moment that shakes you, don't reach for that. Don't reach for stuff. Reach for the source. Don't reach for the stuff of this life. Reach for the source that is Jesus. Reach for the one that is always in control. Reach for the one that holds the seven seas in the palm of his hand. Reach for the one that is the alpha. And not only the alpha, but he is the omega, the beginning, the end. He is the one that has everything in control. Reach for him. First Peter 5.10, I love what it says. It says, in his kindness, God called you. That is comforting to know that, that I'm not here by, by coincidence. And I'm not here because, solely because somebody invited me. But I, I truly believe that in his kindness, God called us. He called you to share in his eternal 
glory by means of Christ Jesus. Jesus made a way for us uh, to come to him. And look at what the verse continues to say. And it says, so after you have suffered a little while. So after you have suffered a little while. Yeah, I may be going through something for a little while. I may be afflicted on the inside for a little while. I may be, I may be going through a challenge for just a little while. I may, my, my marriage may be on the rocks for just a little while. My kids may be acting crazy for just a, a little while. But I believe that God, he, that there comes a time where he will restore. I don't know about you, but I need a moment of restoration in, in areas of my life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. But I believe in a God that will restore. He will restore. He will support. He will strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. So what you're going through right now, you have to look at it and say, it's just a little while. Problem is just a little while. Challenge is just a little while. Dilemma is just a little while. But there's coming a day. Oh, there's coming a day where he's going to restore. He's going to support. And he is going to work it out. He's going to strengthen me. And he's going to put me on a firm foundation. I have to believe that his word is true. That is, this is just a moment that we serve a God who knows us. Who's, we serve a God who knows you and the details of your life that you may not be able to see it right now, that you may not be able to picture it right now, but that he has a plan for your life and that he is working behind the scenes that God is orchestrating and he is composing it all for good. So let's look back at Joseph's life, sold to slavery, but God gives him favor. And he begins to experience success. And, and the Bible lets us know that Potiphar trusted him and, and was able to enable him and empower him to be able to serve in different capacities. And Joseph is, is, is I, love, I love what it points out, that he's doing everything well. He's serving with a spirit of excellence. He's walking in integrity. He's trying to do what's right. He is doing what's right. And, and the Bible lets us know that Potiphar, uh, that Potiphar's wife eyed Joseph. Uh, now, I, I, there's nothing to lead us to believe that, that Joseph was doing anything wrong. And this is encouraging for us to know because many people tend to associate the bad things in life because we did something wrong. But can I tell you this just life? For the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust in like manner that, that, life's, uh, that, life's, uh, that man's life is short and full of trouble, that, that we go through stuff in this life. But I want to tell you that I would rather go through stuff with Jesus than go through stuff without Jesus. I rather, if I'm going to face something, I need somebody that's going to sustain me. I need somebody that's going to hold me up because I'm going to tell you the truth. There's sometimes I can't hold myself up. But I need him in every aspect, and I need him in every moment of our, I need him in every detail. I can't do anything on my own. Uh, I can't do anything with what I have been able to work through in this life. Uh, it is the re he is the reason that I breathe, and he is the reason that I have strength, uh, and he is the reason that I move. In him I have everything that I need. He is the reason. Potiphar's wife, I, Joseph, falsely accuses him, and life suddenly takes another turn. Just when, isn't it crazy that just when you thought life was just getting better, 
Not that it's ever perfect. Just when things started to look up, here comes something else. Before you can even recover fully from one thing, here comes another thing. You're not alone. For those of you that are facing that here today, you're not alone. Joseph's life speaks to us today and lets us know that it just happens sometimes. You're not alone. You're, you're not the only one that's facing trouble after trouble after trouble. Genesis 39 and 20 tells us this, that Joseph's master took him and threw him into jail where the king's prisoners were locked up, but there in jail. Isn't that awesome? But there in jail, God was still with Joseph. You may be in a dark moment right now, but can I tell you that God is still there with you? You may be going through something that you said, it's not even my fault. I, did, I didn't do anything wrong. But can I tell you that God is still with you? That you may be chained up emotionally or spiritually. You may be in prison, but can I tell you that God is still with you? Can I tell you that there is nowhere that he will not go? Joseph went from being successful to being in prison in a suddenly moment, just like that. And for some of us here today, I'll say it one more time. That's the story that we're living out. You don't know how you got here. You don't know how you, you don't know how all this trouble just uh, amounted. You were doing everything right and still dealing with a tough situation. But let me remind you that Joseph was not discouraged in this moment. He didn't try to defend himself. He didn't try to lift a finger to do. He knew, I have to believe that he knew that God was in control at all times. He didn't play the blame game. No, Joseph kept believing. Joseph knew that God was writing the story at every moment and at every turn, Joseph knew that God was in it all. And Joseph knew that after that there are moments that shake us, there are moments that shape us. There's moments that shape us. There's moments that shape us. Can, let me tell you, you may be going through something, but he wants to shape you in this season. It may hurt. It may, it may be uncomfortable, but he wants to shape you in this season because the reason why he is working in your life right now is because he has more for you in the next season to come. But let me remind you, let me tell you, can I just be honest and tell you that we don't do good with shaping? We don't do good with shaping because when you think of shaping, shaping means discomfort. Shaping means pulling, and shaping means being stretched. Shaping means going through some stuff that we don't want to go through. But let me remind you what Job said. He said after he had lost his children and after he had lost his cattle and after he had lost everything in his life, when he could have easily looked down, he looked up. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from where my help comes from. He said when, I, when he has tried me, when I have gone through, through this. He said, I will come out as pure gold. I love his faith. I love his attitude. I love his mindset. I love his belief. He didn't say this is going to wipe me out. No, he said, after I, after this is all said and done, I will come out as pure gold. I have to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I have to know, I have to know that he's working. I have to believe he's working. 
Jeremiah shared when he went into the house of the Potiphar in, in chapter 18. He said, so I went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there. And he was working away at his wheel, and he was able to see this picture of what is taking place in his life. Whatever the pot, he said, the potter was working on, whenever the pot that the potter was working on turned out badly. That sometimes happens. It just happens. When you're working with clay, the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to start another pot. The same clay. The same clay. God is not done with you. God is not done with you. Get in his hands. And not only would I encourage you to get in his hands, but I would tell you, stay in his hands. Let God shape you in this moment that in the pulling and the stretching and the discomfort and when it seems like, man, I got to start over, that we know that his hand is on us that we know that we are in his hands, that he's working out what we don't know. He's working out what we don't understand. He's working out on what he's working on what frustrates us. We have to know Joseph's story goes on. The Bible tells us that there when he's in prison, there's a cupbearer and a baker, and, and they need a dream interpreted. And we understand here that Joseph had a choice. Will I soak or will I serve? And this is the decision that Joseph had to make. He's in this dark prison, and he has to make a choice. Will I use my gift even when no one's watching? Can I tell you, don't use your gift because someone's watching. Use your gift because you have the ability to do so. Will I use my gift when no one is watching? The Bible lets us know that he interprets the dream, and we understand that the story keeps unfolding. In Genesis chapter 41, verses 39 through 40, the Bible tells us this, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as discerning as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. God brought him out of the prison. He interprets the Pharaoh's dream. And God gives him favor once again. And then he, Joseph understands that not only are there moments that shake us, not only there are moments that shape us, but there are moments that make us. If the worship team will join me. There's, war, there's moments that make us. Because the Bible lets us know that as time goes on, that as Joseph interprets the dream of the Pharaoh, uh, that indicates that there's going to be seven years of prosperity. And then there will be seven years a famine following immediately after that. The Bible tells us that Joseph's brothers come. They come from the far land. And during a time of famine, they come. And they need his help. They need his help to be able to survive. Joseph recognizes them. And he doesn't take revenge. He doesn't do anything in spite of them, no. And then we understand that eventually Joseph's dad passed away. Jacob has passed away and his brothers fear that 
He's going to come after us. He's going to come after us. And the Bible tells us that 13 years, we understand that the 13 years have passed. We understand that 13 years have passed since he was a young boy dreaming. And from when God told him, showed him. In Genesis chapter 50, when they thought that they would be paid back, perhaps his brothers, the Bible says, they came and they threw themselves down. They threw themselves down before him. They said this, we're your slaves. We're your slaves. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I am in the place of God. I know you intended to harm me. But God who sees the, the beginning, the end from the beginning. God that sees, we see a puzzle piece, but God sees the puzzle box. And, and we get frustrated because we have pieces in our hands. But God sees the finished product. And Joseph says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. Joseph made it. And I want to tell you, you're going to make it. But Joseph realized that it was not him. Joseph realized that God was in it all. And it's one thing to think that you made it, but it's another thing to think and to know that he is making it. That it is not because of me, it's not because of what I can do or what I cannot do, but to know that it is because of him, that he is in every detail that he is always at work in our lives. And Joseph understood it. After having gone from being popular to the pit, from the pit to Potiphar's house, from Potiphar's house to prison, and from prison to the palace, those suddenly moments that life just took a turn, Joseph said, I get it. God is working not only on me, but he is working through me. He is working through me because if I had never gone through that, I wouldn't be here today to be able to help and to be able to serve and to be able to do what I'm doing here today. Can I tell you that not only is he working on you, but he's working through you. And that when all is said and done, you're going to see the end product and you're going to be able to say, hey, I went through it so I could be able to have this conversation with you. So I went through that so I could be able to help you go through what you're going through because I went through that also because I went through that also God was in every moment and I end by this God is in your moment also God is in every detail God is in every detail and God is working God did it If I hadn't gone through it, God would not have positioned me. So let me just encourage you and challenge you this morning that you would take your moments, that you would take those suddenly moments in your life and that you would leverage it for others. 
that it wasn't just about what God could do for Joseph, but it was about what God was doing through the life of this man. And God, and I have to believe in your life also that God is at work and that God is doing something great. And the last thing in Acts chapter 16, I've talked to you about this word suddenly and how just things all of a sudden change. But the Bible lets us know that in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, two men are in prison, chained up, bound, have nowhere to go. They begin to, to sing. They were singing to soothe their soul. But I love the picture of what it, it, it just lets us understand that even in the darkest moments, they could praise and they could lift Jesus up. It, they could lift up the name of the Lord. That in those moments, and the Bible tells us that as, as that was taking place, as they were just, they were not praying, they were not, they were not saying, you know what, God, could you just deliver us from this? God, could you help us out in this situation? They were just praising. And the Bible lets us know that suddenly, suddenly an earthquake came and it shook. That's where Jailhouse Rock started. It was in that moment where all of a sudden all the chains that held everybody captive came loose but they focused on God and God did an incredible work in their life and that is what I'm believing for you today that as we enter a moment right now of praise that as we enter a moment of praise, that we, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as that we, as that we magnify him and as, as, as we praise him, that God would do a work in your life, a work that would far uh, exceed what you were expecting or believing, a work from a God that can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So I want to believe with you today that God is in your moment. I want to believe that God is in your moment. Father, I thank you today. I thank you today that you are at work in every moment, in every season, at every turn. I thank you that there's none of us in this place today that are too far gone. I thank you that none of us in this place have gone too far, have done too much, have been involved in too many things that we shouldn't have been involved in, that you can't draw us back to you. I thank you today, God, that the moments and the seasons of our lives, God, that you have produced in us moments. Yes, there have been moments that have shaken us, but I thank you also that there's moments that shape us and there's moments that are making us today, God. And wherever we find ourselves, I thank you that in this moment you are still at work, God, that even though we may feel like this is the darkest place that I have ever been, that you are still with me today, God, that you would show yourself strong. God, that you would show yourself strong, that you would do a great work that you would do a mighty work right now. I declare, God, a suddenly moment right now, God, where your favor and your power and your goodness and your grace, God, would just flood our lives, flood our families, flood our minds, flood our homes, God, that you would do an incredible work. I thank you today. I thank you today. With every eye closed and every head bowed, some of you in this place maybe 
are needing to make the greatest suddenly decision of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and taking that step in knowing that he is the one who carried our sins. He bore our griefs. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, the punishment of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes were healed. He paid the price for you today and with every head bowed, every eye closed. If that is you today and you say, I want to make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of my life, I want to invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. Right now, and just pray this prayer. I want everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for making a way for me to come to you. I give you my life. Let me live the life you died to give me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we put our hands together for everyone that received Jesus today? I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to invite our prayer partners to come to, at this time. And as they come, I'm going to challenge you. If you have something that you have been praying about, there has been something that is weighing on you. There's something that you need God to do a work that only he can do. I'm going to invite you as we enter this moment of worship that you would just say, you know what, would you pray with me? I want connect with someone there is power in coming in agreement the bible says that if two would agree amen there is power in agreement so as we worship i'm going to invite you to come so let's pray one more time father in this moment god that you would remove every obstacle that you would remove every barrier that you god would move god like only you can move god we give you our circumstances we surrender our heartache to you, we surrender our trouble to you, we surrender our heartache, our problems, we surrender, God, what is weighing on our hearts right now. We know that you are a heavy load sharer. We know that you're a burden bearer. We know that you're a bridge over troubled waters. We know, God, that you are our friend when we're friendless. We know, God, that you can do a great work right now. God, I thank you for working in our hearts and for working in our minds, for working in our lives, for changing, for restoring, for redeeming, for delivering. Right now, God, I thank you that you're doing a great work. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.